Welcome to Far Better, where we look to be pleasing to God in this life, so our eternity is far better. I'm your host, Michael Clark, and as always, you can email us down at the email that's posted in the description below with a comment, a question, maybe an episode idea that you have. We'd love to have that, and we're glad that you're with us today. I want to ask you, are you loyal to the Bible? Are you loyal to the Bible? You know, when I think about the Word of God, I know of many people in the world that hold it in high esteem and in high regard. It has continued to be a number one bestseller. No matter what year it is or how long it's been out, it continues to be a number one bestseller. It's the most important book in the world. But are we loyal to it? You know, when I study the New Testament account of the first century Christians, those who became Christians the day of Pentecost, I can learn how they were not just loyal to Christ, but that they were loyal to the doctrine. You know, in Acts 2.42, the Bible tells me that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. You know, they didn't just continue in the doctrine and when it was convenient and when they had an opportunity to do it, they would do it. But, you know, I think that's kind of our mentality. It's convenient for me to get this project done at the house, so I'll do it today. But it's needed to be done for three weeks. I can't tell you how many times I have looked at something at my house that needed to be done and put it off and neglected it for whatever reason simply because I didn't want to do it right then. But finally, it became too much, and so I decided it's time to do it. But it should have been done three weeks ago. There are other things, though, that I'm much more diligent in completing. You know, there are things that I love to do. I don't mind getting those done as soon as possible. I had to learn as a little boy that delayed gratification sometimes is exactly what has to happen. When I would walk out of my room growing up, my father would oftentimes be sitting in his chair working on some type of manuscript or sermon or paper, article, whatever it might have been. And I would notice that it had been days now that he'd been working on this particular thing. And I would ask him, can I play the Xbox? And he would say, sure. So I would play the Xbox when my dad would study. And then I remember I would come out sometimes after he had finally completed the task and he would be relaxing, watching television, maybe taking a nap, whatever it was that he wanted to do. And one particular day, he stopped and asked me, he said, Son, what did you notice about me this past week? And I said, Well, you worked as hard as you possibly could, and you didn't stop to rest or to relax until you finished. You see, at the time, something I didn't tell you yet, I had a really bad lazy streak in me. I was incredibly lazy. My dad was trying to teach me delayed gratification. And he told me, he said, son, you know, I could have put off what I was doing and the work wouldn't have been done and I could have relaxed and enjoyed life, but that's not what needed to happen. What I needed to do was study, work, and be as diligent as possible. That word steadfastly, that these New New Testament Christians 
apply to their lives. You know, when you think about studying the Greek, it's a daunting task at times. But then there are some people who did a great job. I think of people like Strong's and others. One particular translator wrote the following for the word steadfastly. It's to be earnest towards something. Persevere, constantly diligent. You see, just like my father, these New Testament Christians didn't take a break from the doctrine, the Bible. Now, something needs to be understood. If we were to bring a first century Christian to 2019, I really believe in our worship assemblies, the number one thing that would blow their minds the most is the fact that almost every single person has a copy of God's Word. You see, that wasn't the case back in Acts 2 when this was being written and recorded. The Bible hadn't been finished yet. In fact, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 10 tells me, when that which is perfect has come, that which is done in part will be done away. It's talking about the miraculous age ceasing when the Bible is completed. That's another podcast for another time. But one of the things that I know is that the doctrine, what they were steadfast in, was hinged upon what the apostles taught them. Because the apostles were inspired by God himself. They had the word of God and they gave the Christians what they needed to know. And they were steadfast in that. You know, some commentators have even suggested that they were so careful to make sure that they didn't go beyond what the doctrine taught. But when was the last time I treated the Bible like that? To do exactly what the text said to do, and nothing more, nothing less, even if it's not pleasant. You know, Paul would tell us that there would be a time when the people would turn away from sound doctrine, and they would have these itching ears, and they'll heap up for themselves teachers, and they'll turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. You know, before 2 Timothy 4, 3 through 4, we have the probably famous passage, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, for the time will come when they will no longer listen to sound doctrine. Loyalty to the doctrine is so critical. I don't want to be like someone with itching ears. You know what a person with itching ears is, right? It's that type of mindset that comes to my mind at least, of my dog. I've got a dog named Dodger, and he's a Labrador mix. Dodger, like all dogs that I have met for the most part, loves to have his ears scratched. And if he were to come over and sit by my chair and I would begin to scratch his ears, he loves that. But you know what happens when I stop? I get the most pitiful look from that dog that I could possibly get. It's as if... I have abused him. He looks at me with these pitiful eyes, and you can almost hear him saying, Why did you stop? That felt good. Imagine being in a worship assembly and hearing somebody just preach the good stuff. Never talk about sin and never talk about how we need to live lives for Christ the way Christ would live his life. But they always only preached on grace and love and peace and joy and happiness and all of the things that are good in this life. Those aren't bad subjects to preach and to talk about. 
But you know the sad truth? Many children are not given a great diet in this world. And a parent that loves their child will not just give them cotton candy, will not just give them sugary cereals and all the other things that they have out there. They'll give a well-balanced diet. Oh, there's a place for cotton candy and sugary cereals. But there's also a place for vegetables, for protein, for the things in life that make good, strong boys and girls, right? And how could a mother and father that loves their child simply feed them cotton candy? Is that true love? Is that being loyal to the Bible? You know, I find it incredible that the Bible shows me when I'm wrong. In 1 Timothy 4.16, Paul would write to take heed first to ourselves. And then to what? To the doctrine. The Bible. Continue in them. For in doing this, you'll save both yourself and those who hear you. Therefore, I have an understanding, a precedent is set out, that when I listen to the Word of God, and I do what it says, I won't be wrong. What happens when I'm not? Well, I may begin to change, add, or even deny what the text actually says. If you don't believe me, this very thing happened to the scribes and the Pharisees who had made this law, essentially, that you had to wash your hands when you ate bread. Don't get me wrong, washing your hands is a good practice. But it wasn't a biblical command before they ate bread. And Jesus is asked, why are you and your disciples transgressing the law of the, of the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands when they eat bread. Jesus answers and says, Why do you transgress the commandment of God? Because of your tradition. Jesus would go on to say in Matthew 15, 9, In vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. You know, had the Pharisees been loyal to the message, they would have never allowed their tradition to become a doctrine. We in the church today have traditions. Have you ever gone to a church service and they did the giving before the Lord's Supper? Oh my, they're liberal, right? Are they? Hmm. That's just a tradition. It doesn't have to be before. It can be separated. What about a congregation that does three songs of prayer, then the sermon? But you guys do four songs of prayer, another song in the sermon. See, those are traditions. And you can have those traditions, and they're fine. You don't have to worry about what the people think about you because you have that tradition, so long as it doesn't become doctrine. But, you know, today it's really sad to see how many people have become disloyal to the Word of God. Some of you might remember this time that I'm about to reference. The time that states, <laughs> I have a Bible question. What about this? And an individual in a Bible study could say, well, here's what the Bible says on this subject. And all of a sudden, that settles it. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. That's what the Bible says, so that's what I'm going to believe. What if we were to suggest that today? Well, I don't care what that book says. Oh, you want to know what that book is? That book is a contradictory book. It is not even ac accurate. It's not even factual. It can't even stand on its own. 
If only we could get this world to have the response of the disciples. Jesus, in John 6, preached a very hard and difficult sermon. And many people walked away from him. And he looks at his other disciples, the twelve, and he asks them, Do you also want to go away? And Simon Peter says, Lord, who would we go to? You're the one that has the words of eternal life. You know, in John six sixty four, though, it tells me that Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe. He knew before he started that sermon that those people weren't truly loyal to the doctrine. You know, if they were, they wouldn't have left. They would have stayed. You know, the early church is a great example for us. And a lot of times I, I sit here and wonder, have we fallen out of the practices that they had, that they did? I think we have. In part, I think we have gotten to a point where we sit here and we've become comfortable. Have you ever seen a fat cat? Doesn't chase mice much anymore, does it? No, those days are behind it. We can't be a fat cat. The work is never done. Being loyal to the doctrine is never done. If I'm not loyal to Christ in this life... How can I expect for him to be loyal to me in the next? If I'm not loyal to the doctrine in this life, how can I ever expect to be loyal to Christ? They go hand in hand. The early church was not just loyal to the doctrine, but also loyal to Christ. And we can be too. But it takes work. It takes practice. Are you and I willing to do what it takes to be loyal to the doctrine. I think you are. I hope that you are. I want to thank you for tuning in to Far Better. Don't forget you can email us. The email is posted in the description below. If you have any topic suggestions, I want to have those from you. Maybe a comment or a question that you have. I'd love to talk with you about that. I hope that we all please God now so that our eternity is far better. In the next episode, we'll talk about the result of being loyal. Thank you.